Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. This week I'm talking to Daniel Gross, who is a famous entrepreneur in Silicon Valley having grown up in Israel and arriving in California as a teenager to seek fame and fortune through the famous accelerator Y Combinator. He set up a company called Q and sold it to Apple for a reported $35 million in 2013 before going to work for the tech giant. Last year, he left Apple to become a partner in Y Combinator, and now he's a a founder of Pioneer. Pioneer says that it's looking for lost Einsteins or talented young people who aren't getting uh, a fair shake in life uh, and who may have a brilliant idea. It's being backed by Patrick Collison, our own uh, uh, Patrick Collison, and the famous investor and former former Netscape founder, Mark Andreessen, who are both helping to fund it. Um, So I caught up with Daniel uh, earlier on. So we're here with Daniel Gross, who is the founder of Pioneer, which is a new nonprofit organization, which we're going to talk to uh, talk about in some depth. Daniel, before I get into that, could you give me some background as to who you are and just for people who don't know you and, and how you got here? Of course, Adrian, thanks for having me on. Um, before I, I dig in, I, I should correct you. We're, we're, talking, we're, we're not a nonprofit. And we could talk more about that later. Um, but uh, broadly speaking, the goal of Pioneer is to try to find uh, you know, the, the kind of millions of what we believe are lost Einsteins around the world, people that uh, feel that uh, they are almost outsiders in their own community. Um, they feel a little bit like loners uh, in, in their own world. And given a little bit of opportunity, they could become kind of truly brilliant at whatever particular thing they're trying to work on. And the reason I decided to work and start Pioneer uh, is very much based out of my own story. Uh, so I'm originally from Jerusalem, Israel, uh, where I was born and raised to lead a life very different from the one I'm leading now. Uh, I grew up in an Orthodox community in Jerusalem, uh, and I was kind of on track to, to leading that style of life. And when I was uh, 18 years old, uh, from uh, a military bunker where I was you know, stationed, preparing to enlist in the army, I applied. Uh, uh, through the internet to this program called Y Combinator with a company that I had at the time. And I filled out the application, you know, tethered to my old Nokia phone, um, barely even thinking at the time what I was doing, uh, but I was accepted into interviews at this program called Y Combinator. Uh, and I packed my bag for uh, a couple of months, the length of the program, uh, and 
I flew out here not really thinking much of it. Uh, and I, I didn't realize it, but at that moment, I, I had completely changed my life. Uh, eight years later, uh, I'm still living in Silicon Valley. I ended up starting a company, uh, a search engine that was acquired by Apple in 2013. I ended up run, running several machine learning and AI projects at Apple. Um, I, I left Apple to briefly work at Y Combinator, uh, the, the same institution that originally funded me. And with Pioneer, my goal is to pay it forward on a much broader scale. I want to find people that honestly will be much more successful than me. Uh, and uh, will do you know, much greater things than me and many more domains than just starting companies. See, my belief is that for every Albert Einstein, Marie Curie, and Elon Musk, there's another thousand, ten thousand, maybe even a million that don't end up doing that great thing, that don't end up publishing papers about you know, gravitational waves or don't end up starting SpaceX uh, because they don't have the right access, the right community. Um, and, and, and what we're trying to do with Pioneer is we're trying to give that to everyone in the world. I think the main benefit of institutions like the Ivy League isn't necessarily the curriculum. Uh, it's the community and the network that they get people. And Pioneer is trying to give those two main needle movers to millions of people around the world who really deserve it. I'd like to ask you a little bit uh, more detail about Pioneer, but before we, before we get to that, um, when you left Israel to go to Y Combinator at the time, I think you were actually the youngest uh, founder ever to be accepted there at the time. Is that right? That's right. Um, and as I understand it, your initial idea, the one that you had been working up uh, toward, was cancelled. You had to ditch it 48 hours before your big presentation at uh, Y Combinator. Can you tell me anything about that? Yeah, my, my, uh, my story um, throughout YC uh, involved a lot of twists and turns, and, and, and did it, my, my entire life continues to have many twists and turns. Uh, so even during my interview at Y Combinator, um, uh, the, the idea changed. Um, Paul Graham, uh, the, the, the initial interview actually did not go that well. Uh, and I uh, left it feeling kind of dejected. I started walking um, back towards the, the train station to make my way back to the airport and eventually fly back home. And Paul Graham came running, the, the founder of this program came running after me. Uh, uh, and pulled me back in, and he asked me if uh, I'd be willing to come to the program and work on a completely different idea. He basically said, we think you're great, and your idea, your idea is awful. <laughs> um, so how about you come here and work on something completely different? Uh, and I hesitated for a little bit, because on the one hand, I really loved what I was working on. On the other hand, uh, I realized this was the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, and so I went for it. And throughout the program, and, and I had flown out with a friend of mine from high school uh, from Israel, we kept on trying different ideas. So we built something, we'd launch it, we'd try to get customer feedback, uh, and we would constantly readjust. Uh, and so throughout the program, we were constantly churning out new ideas, building more and more software, launching things, and honestly learning that a lot of our ideas weren't great. Uh, towards the end of the program, I, I had two sudden pieces of bad news. The first is that my friend, uh, my co-founder, decided to go back home. Um, to Israel. And then the second is the, the idea that I was working on at the time, which was generating a decent amount of revenue from 
um, Amazon's affiliate program uh, was shut down by Amazon literally 48 hours before this momentous event uh, uh, called Demo Day, where you kind of get up on stage and, and showcase what you've built to the greatest investors in the world. And so I went to Paul Graham's house uh, and I asked him what to do. And uh, he, he told me that I basically had three options. I mean, the first option was I could uh, you know, kind of not tell everyone that what I was building had just become uh, shut down and this great revenue graph that I had was about to fall off a cliff. The second option, uh, of course, would have been to, you know, postpone Demo Day, not do it and not truly complete the program. And the third option, which is the one I pursued, is um, to cook up something brand new in, 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 you know, in 48 hours, get up on stage and demo it. And he kind of, I remember him whispering in my ear right before I got up on stage, the goal is to not make everyone aware that this is 48 hours old. Wow. Um, and that's kind of what I did. And and the really interesting part about that moment is the project I had decided to work on in those 48 hours was the thing I had always wanted to build but never had the courage to build. And it was really the mm -hmm. forcing function uh, of kind of now or never uh, that really pushed me to do it. So I ended up building a, a kind of search engine for all of your personal content. You could kind of think of it as Google but for your stuff, so the ability to search Slack and Google Docs and Gmail and Dropbox mm -hmm. all in one uh, service. And I was always afraid of building a search engine. It felt like something you do if, if, if you're at Google, not something you do if you're 18. Uh, but I kind of figured it out and pieced it together mm -hmm. uh, and ended up um, showing a prototype at Demo Day, you know, uh, a few a few hours and a lot of cups of coffee later. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, we kind of took it from there. We raised a Series A and a Series B from Sequoia. I met um, uh, my co-founder uh, actually through the Y Combinator network and the company eventually got acquired by Apple. And there's so many questions I could ask you um, about that, but you, you sold it to Apple and then you went to work for Apple, um, working on some very interesting stuff there. What was it like going from a startup, a very innovative, imaginative, energetic startup, but a, a small company by comparison to such a big company like Apple? Well, in many ways, um, I, so I worried about that a lot. Uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, thinking that I was about to go from this, you know, wonderful universe I curated for myself along with my co-founder, honestly. You know, we hired people we really loved, we worked on things we really loved, to a much broader world, to kind of a different part of Middle Earth, if you will, where we weren't quite sure who we were going to encounter. Um, in reality, the experience was uh, a wonderful educational opportunity. Um, there's uh, incredibly smart people that work at Apple, uh, and as a founder, you don't really learn that much from kind of people above you in the organizational chart, if that makes sense, because mm -hmm. there, there really is no one above you. Where suddenly at Apple, the people who run that company become really interesting role models to learn from, and there's of course so much, only so much you can read in books. There's a lot of learning that I think can only happen from osmosis when you meet other interesting people, mm -hmm. which is another kind of <clears throat> interesting thing we're trying to um, embellish and pioneer. Mm -hmm. The other interesting fact to note about Apple is because the company is so secretive, it actually is somewhat like working at uh, a startup. You, you you don't know what all of the other teams are doing. Right. Um, you're kind of just focused on your own project. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. so uh, it, it was a, it was a wonderful educational opportunity, and and um, I, you know I. Uh, I, I feel very blessed to have had it. And you spent four years there, um, and you're only 27 now, so all of this has happened in a at a relatively 
young age. I say that as somebody who's way more than 27. Um, but ultimately, you left Apple to return briefly, as you said, to Y Combinator. And again, you, you knew what the culture was like there. Very, very different to Apple. Why did you go back to Y Combinator? Why did you leave Apple to go there? Well, I felt like I owed uh, a serious debt to Y Combinator um, because they gave me opportunity uh, when no one else did. Uh, and so I wanted to at least spend some time there uh, to kind of work in the organization that supported me. And also, honestly, a lot of my friends work there. Uh, so I thought it would be quite a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Y Combinator is uh, a fantastic organization for someone who has a small company and kind of wants to figure out how to make it big. Um, but I still believe that there's a tremendous amount of uh, missed opportunities and trying to support people even before they think of applying to Y Combinator. When they just have, you know, the inkling of a project, something they're, they're, they're thinking about while, when they're in the shower, but they're not quite sure if they want to take to the next level. And when I say a project, I don't necessarily even mean a for-profit company. I mean, this could be an idea in research and physics. This could be journalism, art, music. I think there's all of these kind of extraordinarily productive people that need just a little bit of motivation and encouragement and support to kind of push themselves into a, a feedback loop that eventually makes them, you know, become someone great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of what I'm focused on now. Mm-hmm. So just to, to ask you about that, you mentioned things like journalism, art, music, philosophy is also mentioned, and we're talking about Pioneer now. How would you measure someone who comes through the program and who is as successful at those fields or who you, who you think is doing a good job at those fields, in those fields? Right. Um, that's a great question. Um, so one of the important things, probably one of the most foundational elements of Pioneer is that we are trying to use software to screen and find these people as opposed to using a lot of, um, uh, as, as opposed to kind of using the mundane techniques that are used, you know, in Ivy League schools where you've got a few people reviewing thousands of applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the way we've done it is we basically have turned the entire process uh, of getting into Pioneer into almost something like a, uh, a game where you, you try to uh, get as many points as possible in what we call the Pioneer Tournament, which is a, a 30-day uh, game where you... Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, what you're building, but not at just one fixed static, static point in time over the course of an entire month. So you have the opportunity to demonstrate progress, which I think is a very important way of showcasing that you're impressive regardless of the domain that you're in. Um, you know, the ability to, to kind of describe how you spent your month uh, uh, will, I think, be a way where, you know, regardless of whether you're working on a piece in journalism or a small company or... Um, some type of research, you want to be able to communicate kind of what you've done. So the way you get um, points primarily through, throughout this the game or tournament uh, is by having other people who applied vote on the quality of your application. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. And so, the it, more impressive... Yeah, go ahead. It, it, it does make sense. I'm just wondering what... Uh, let, let's take journalism, just because I'm narcissistic and I'm a journalist and I'm sitting here talking to you. Um, I'm wondering what a, a successful piece of journalism will look like through this, uh, through this program. Look, um, 
in all honesty, this is a massive experiment, and, right. and, and I'm not quite sure what will come out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. um, no one's done this at the level of scale that we're trying to do. Uh, but you could imagine, you know, someone working on some type of piece of journalism, you know, describing the, you know, the first couple of days, the research they've done, the next couple of days, perhaps the people that they've interviewed, uh, and, you know, at some point, maybe even a, a few excerpts from a piece. Uh, and so you can kind of imagine, you know, if, if, if you were interviewing that person over the course of a month, you could kind of think of the things you'd be looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that with kind of the power of, you know, crowdsourcing, we've seen other systems be able to highlight really interesting outliers. Hey, right? Daniel, so, can, can you mix me a drink there? <laughs> Sounds like you're mixing it. Is there ice going into a glass there? No. I oh. wish. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still in the morning here. We're still in the morning. I should explain to listeners that uh, uh, Daniel is currently on the west coast of the U.S. and has very kindly agreed to take this call. It's pretty early there. So, sorry, I just thought I heard, you know, you're speaking to an Irishman and we recognize eyes hitting a glass, <laughs> you know, from about 5,000 miles away. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Um, can I ask a little bit more about um, the program itself? Uh, the People who are supporting this include our own Patrick Collison, of course, co-founder of Stripe, and Mark Andreessen. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think uh, if, if the, the, the interesting thing about the folks supporting uh, the program is, of course, they all have similar stories themselves. And this is true across the entirety of Silicon Valley. Um, a lot of people uh, who come from kind of small places immigrate here, either from small cities in the U.S. or mm -hmm. from countries outside of the U.S., uh, you know, into into Silicon Valley, and then you know they make it in some form, uh, and then they're very interested in figuring out ways to kind of almost clone their story, uh, because I think everyone who has gone through this experience realizes that there was a tremendous amount of luck involved, mm -hmm. and what we're trying to do with this project is almost reduce the amount of luck, uh, the amount of you know happenstance and um, uh, you know. Uh, I couldn't mm -hmm. almost believe that it happened type encounters uh, to create many more, you know, Patrick Collison's or Mark mm -hmm. Andreessen's in the world. Mm -hmm. And you wrote a blog post. It's well worth reading, by the way, for anyone who wants to go uh, and read it. But you, you're quoting some interesting figures, uh, including that children from high income, the top 1% families, are 10 times more likely to become inventors than those from below median uh, income families, despite low income kids generally scoring just as well on, on early childhood tests, right? Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of research pointing to the fact that, um, in, in including kind of a seminal paper to come out of Stanford, that there are a lot of these lost Einsteins, that, mm -hmm. there's, that, the, that the way um, you know, greatness is uh, identified today requires traversing through, you know, too many constricting, or, you know, organizations and hierarchies. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do with pioneers, we want to kind of skew towards talent, potential, and ambition, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not towards, uh, you know, who your parents were or what country you were born in. Mm -hmm. And just to look at exactly how people might uh, apply for this if they're interested, what do people do? How, how do they um, get involved in this? So it's really simple. All you do is you go to the website, which is pioneer.app.app, mm -hmm. and uh, you ent you enroll in the Pioneer Tournament. Uh, and it's kind of like starting a video game. Uh, you, you start out by 
uh, describing a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your project, and then you get a fixed number of points. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of the next 30 days, uh, you will try to gain as many points as possible by winning the kind of approval uh, of the crowd. Now, to supplement, um, by the way, the kind of crowdsourcing element here, we also have a bunch of domain-specific or industry-specific experts that will be able to highlight true outliers that maybe the crowd didn't quite identify. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the way to the, 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 the application is open for all. Uh, it's totally free, and it you know it takes maybe ten minutes to apply if you have the idea of the pro of, of a project that you want to do. Mm -hmm. If anyone's li listening to this podcast and is kind of thinking about it, the the the, the largest piece of advice I can give you uh, is is really not not that intellectual. It's to kind of just go for it. Um, it's very easy to look at a lot of these large titans of industry, uh, regardless of where they are, you know, maybe Albert Einstein for research or, you know, Elon Musk in tech, and to think, wow, that's not me. Mm -hmm. um, but what you've got to realize is all of these people come from really humble beginnings, and all of their projects seemed really stupid at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't clear if it was going to work. I was an early Stripe customer, and I sent John and Patrick a lot of bug reports. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and lo and behold, many years later, uh, it's this massive company. And so everything big starts really small. And so if you have an idea that seems small, that seems like a project, um, I would just apply. I would not overthink it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the, the highest scoring applicants, they, they become pioneers and they receive a $5,000 grant, right? And, and a ticket to San Francisco. That's right. Um, they receive a $5,000 grant, a ticket to San Francisco, um, uh, an option on a follow-on investment, but more importantly, the thing we're going to give these people uh, is a community and a network of other like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, again, I, th I think that is the main thing you're going to get if when you go to Stanford or, or Princeton or Harvard. It's not the curriculum. I, th I actually think the internet, especially in, in, in fields like um, physics and computer science, the internet is a wonderful curriculum. The thing that you're getting out of these programs is uh, is just the 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 group of other people that you're surrounded by that pull you and motivate you to become the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that is the largest gift I hope we can give our pioneers is we can help them kind of search inside themselves and convince them of just how great they can become. Final question, Daniel, and thanks again for your time. Had Paul Graham not run after you and called you back and, and told you to, to, to stay and, and to stick with it, what do you think you'd be doing now? It's a question I ask myself every day. And of course, there's a narrative where I would have still been living in Israel and maybe I had started a company there. So my kind of mm -hmm. parallel life is not too that different. Mm -hmm. But what I actually believe is, um, had I gone slightly too far down that street, had he not found me, uh, I'd be living in Jerusalem, you know, married, living with anywhere between six to 12 kids. <laughs> By uh, now. And... And yeah, well, who knows? And leading a very different life than the one I'm leading now. Mm -hmm. And that speaks to me to, to the exact problem that we have in the world today, which is there's just too much luck and happenstance involved in even a modest form of success. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I want to do is I want to remove that for people. I want to kind of level the playing field and really change kind of the, the, the odds and the table um, to embellish people based on their talent, based on their potential, based on their ambition, not based on random encounters that may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Daniel, you've been uh, very good to come on the call with us. We wish you all the best uh, with a Pioneer. Or it should point out that there's a fresh cohort of Pioneers every 30 days, right? That's right. Um, but um, uh, do not let that discourage you from applying. I would very much try to apply today. Okay. Uh, you know, um, better is the enemy of done. So if you have an idea, if you have a project, uh, just check out the website, fill out the application. It'll only take a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And it may be one of those decisions that seems small in time, but hopefully change your life for the better in the years to come. Well, you can be sure that we're going to be keeping an eye on any potential Irish uh, candidates that uh, make it uh, over there. And if so, we will definitely be talking to them and hope to talk to you again in future. But for the moment, thank you very much for coming on the call, uh, Daniel, and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much for the time. And thank you very much to Daniel Gross of Pioneer. And that's all we have time for this week, folks. Please do uh, click like or leave a comment on whatever podcast engine you're using at the moment. But for me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.